2: And hello, welcome in, it's a Tuesday edition of the program, so glad to have you with us. A reminder, we do this each weekday live at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective, getting ready for IU hosting Penn State coming up on Wednesday night, and it's a game Indiana at home obviously has to win, it's a game where they need some revenge after how bad the Hoosiers played two and a half weeks or so ago at Penn State. And I think not only is it a game coming off the Purdue win and then the disappointing performance against Michigan on Sunday, it's not only a game that Indiana has to win, it's a game they need to win by a sizable figure with some momentum there the way the game ends. They need to get a double-digit victory. And I know that may sound crazy as we look back on this IU team, but if you're going to be able to beat teams like Purdue – Um, you're going to have to be able to beat teams like Penn State going away. And so I think they need to win this game uh, coming up on Wednesday night with some conviction. And this needs to be a good week for IU basketball uh, for resume purposes because if they can win against Penn State at home, and they go on the road and get one at Maryland, we know how difficult it is to win on the road in the Big Ten. So uh, they need a couple wins this week to make up for the loss at home to Michigan on Sunday. Of course, I think overall last week, uh, 2-1, a win at Nebraska on the road, a huge win on Thursday night. That I'm not sure that we even understand how big that is as far as the NCAA resume of this team goes yet. Uh, And then, of course, the disappointing loss on Sunday. But I'll take that 2-1 week for the Hoosiers last week. This week needs to be 2-0, oh, 1 at home, and 1 on the road. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment 1, coming up here in moments, we have our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll start to dig into IU Penn State. Mike Woodson on his coach's show last night, which is uh, aired weekly here on the Big X. He discussed, uh, he discussed uh, the potential for changes in the starting lineup and it doesn't sound like there are any. So we'll talk about that coming up. Some other notes from his uh, coach's show last night. And then uh, I saw a Bracketology out today, Andy Bottoms, who does Bracketology for Inside the Hall. I I love what he does. I love how he does it. I love how he explains it. And so we'll talk about his Bracketology and also uh, where he has the Hoosiers and some uh, things behind the scenes Uh, With IU basketball, as far as net rankings and other things of interest, I want to go through with you as well today. And then uh, IU women, they're going to be postponed again uh, because of an Illinois issue this week. The IU women have missed a number of games, and we'll talk about that coming up here in segment one. Later in the show, uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with with us in segment number two. We're going to recap the week with Mike uh, Schumann. We're going to talk about last night's coaches show uh, and some of the comments that Mike Woodson made on the starting lineup and other things last night uh, when uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins us. And then later in the show, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com is with us. We're going to get into a little bit of recruiting. And with Mike, we'll also start to preview the Penn State game on Wednesday night as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines a summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana sports news. A reminder the Thornton's text line always open here on the show. We love to hear from you, your questions, your comments. Uh, whatever you got on IU basketball, local sports, whatever it may be, you can send them to me at 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. But get your questions and comments in now. We'll read some a little later in this segment. And if you got a question for Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier or Mike Pegram of pigs.com, you can get those into us right now. Okay, let's look at our headlines for today. First off, Mike uh, Woodson asked last night by Don Fisher, and I noticed last night they were doing the uh, coaches show by Zoom. There was no uh, live audience, and even Coach Woodson and Don Fisher were not in the same room or same studio together, which is interesting. But Mike Woodson uh, asked about changing the starting lineup. Were there any plans to do so? for Wednesday night or in the foreseeable future? And his answer was pretty uh, short and pretty uh, compact. Right now, no, was the response from Mike Woodson. He did talk about getting more production from the starters. He did talk about the bench some as well. Uh, But no plans, it appears, for Wednesday night or any uh, foreseeable future games for the Hoosiers to see a change uh, in the starting five. couple other things from last night's game uh, that I thought were interesting. He said, and this is pretty obvious, that the Purdue game was probably his team's best game on both ends of the floor, both offensively uh, and defensively. He also uh, talked about Mike Durr and uh, how he came in, played a lot of minutes, and was really productive, especially defensively, and especially when you think about who he had to guard defensively the two big guys for Purdue this was interesting as well he was asked about Xavier Johnson and his development uh, under his coaching and in the IU program and you know Johnson's been okay he's had some good games and good moments but if you think about it and I'm not sure that I've, I've mentioned this or even really thought about it but he really is seeming to be a lot more steady and Mike Woodson went on to say quote he's not picking up A lot of crazy fouls and things of that nature, that's putting him in a bad place. He's trying to take a little more of a leadership role in running this team. It's nice to see maturity there. And if you think about it, there has been a little bit more consistency and maturity from Xavier Johnson. Maybe you could say that none of the guards showed up for the Michigan game on Sunday, but overall Xavier Johnson does seem to be settling in maybe as the right Uh, terminology to use just a bit. Uh, Coach Woodson said, as I think we all saw, that he uh, thought this Indiana team would come out hot after the crowd and the win over Purdue, but obviously they came out really flat on Sunday. And he chalked up a lot of the problems in Sunday's game. Uh, This is obvious, his team's poor perimeter defense. He said, when we get caught up like that, we lose. Um, A couple other things he mentioned he said his only goal right now when thinking ahead is to win the Big 10 and that's all he's focused on. He said, quote, we watch we all watch the standings, but at the end of the day in order to get to the top of the standings, we've got to win. And I did think this was uh, was interesting. He said, are you going to go back and look at the film from the Penn State game? Uh, in advance of this Wednesday night rematch with Penn State, He said obviously that they would uh, because there are some things out that's th- in that film that stand out that Indiana has to do differently uh, in this game at home Wednesday night if they want to win. And the final discussion point was uh, was the lineup. and I told you his answer there was he has no immediate plans to make any changes to the starting lineup. Uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers in their next game on Wednesday night. Also, I mentioned that bracketology from Andy Bottoms. You can read it at Alex Bozic's website. It's insidethehall.com. dot com. Andy's latest version of bracketology came out uh, earlier today, and he has Indiana as a number nine seed currently uh, in the tournament. Now, here is a really interesting breakdown uh, that he gave of the Hoosiers. Uh, just some, some notes, some things to think about, and and it's nice to hear these all put together. But he said, Indiana, and you can look this up. It's updated daily. Indiana is now number forty in the NCAA's net rate, ratings, which replaced a few years ago the RPI. Now this year are updated on basically a daily basis. So the good news for the Hoosiers, Andy writes, is that IU is two and two, two wins, two losses against Quad One. Uh, wins opponents Uh, the wins obviously the two big ones on the resume for the Hoosiers so far both Big Ten Conference wins Purdue at Ohio State and both of them have come at home Notre Dame and Minnesota victories uh, very good wins as well one of those falls in quadrant two and then IU is three and five in quadrant one and two games combined and eight of IU's 14 wins fall in Quadrant 4, which, of course, can be credited to a really, really bad non-conference schedule. And I didn't realize this until I read Andy's uh, bracketology story today. IU's non-conference schedule this year, uh, we know it's really bad. It ranked 339th out of 358 Division I men's basketball teams. And obviously, the 1-4 in record in true road games – uh, does not help the IU cause either. But still, at this point, uh, bottoms with Indiana as a number nine seed. He's been fairly accurate if you look back at his historical brackets the last few years. And uh, so we'll continue to watch as Indiana moves ahead with a big week. Uh, game at home coming up Wednesday with Penn State, and of course on the road Saturday as they go to Maryland. So interesting, interesting things there as you look at this IU team's resume. And to me, it's very clear that that Purdue win. Uh, is the highlight of the resume so far. And uh, definitely, I think as th- things move into February, we're, what, five or six days away from the month of February, that Purdue win as IU gets nip and tucked down the line, I think is going to be a, do a lot to boost them possibly into the NCAA tournament. So a, a big, big win from last week over the Boilermakers for a number of reasons. Also, the IU women, this is a, an unfortunate note, uh, they are going to miss another game this week against Illinois. Now it's the Illinois women's team that is having some COVID-19 issues and is on a pause. Indiana had problems of its own last week and missed a couple games. So this is the third straight game for the IU women that have been has been canned, postponed, delayed uh, because of uh, of COVID issues. Three uh, going back to January 19th. They also had a game postponed. On December 30th at Rutgers, they had a game canceled uh, against Wright State before Christmas. So they've had a total of five games affected so far this season by COVID-19, where, knock on wood, the men's team at IU has had zero issues uh, with COVID-19 so far. But other men's basketball teams in the Big Ten have had issues. So it's just one of those things where if you're a coach, even fans, you're kind of crossing your finger uh, fingers and hoping that uh, we get through the next few weeks, especially and see where things stand. But the IU women having a great year. They're 14-2 overall, a perfect 6-0 in the Big Ten Conference. Obviously, there's three games that I'm not sure what's going to happen. That's a lot of games to have made up. Uh, Two is possible. Three, I think, really tough, but we'll see how it plays out. But they definitely have a chance to win the Big Ten and to make some noise in the NCAA women's tournament. So let's hope that their COVID issues last week of their own, and now this week because of Illinois, uh, are behind them and that they can play the rest of the way unaffected and play a normal schedule and, and maybe have a chance to do some really special stuff coming up in March when their tournament gets here. That's us look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Lots of IU talk ahead as the Hoosiers host Penn State on Wednesday night. Thinking back to IU's game in the regular season against Penn State, boy, it was a rough, rough performance. I think one of the worst of the season for this Indiana team, especially given the competition level of the Nittany Lions. How do they bounce back? How do they get a win against Penn State? We'll talk about that coming up here later in the program. We'll also recap everything Mike Woodson had to say last night. No changes expected in the starting lineup. Do you agree with that? 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A quick commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back here on this Tuesday edition of the program, the Thornton's text line is open, 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. And Mike Schumann of the daily Hoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter, is my guest to talk some IU basketball and recap the week that was a two in one week for IU and what Mike Woodson had to say on his uh, coach's radio show last night. and Let's start with the latter there, Mike. Uh, Coach Woodson asked directly by Don Fisher about starting lineup changes coming for Wednesday night, and it sounds like nothing in store.
3: Yeah, and and good for Don for for getting that question in there. I think a lot of us have been kind of chipping away at, at that question, but haven't asked it quite as directly as Don did. And I think, you know, based on my own, Twitter feed as I put out what Coach Woodson said, which if folks didn't hear it was that he has no plans to make changes in the near future to his starting five. You know, based on the responses I got to relaying that message, it's not a popular contention for, for Coach Woodson right now, and and there's data to support why folks may may want to go a different direction, especially in the last two games where, where Indiana. You know, before they made a substitution against Purdue, got outscored 19 to 10 in the two halves, and then I believe it was 26 13. They got outscored by Michigan before making subs collectively in the two halves. So, you know, the, the, the starting five has just put Indiana in a hole these last couple of games, and and I think it's mainly because of you know defensive liabilities. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. I think it's. You know, the, the combination of Parker Stewart and Miller Kopp uh, put, puts Indiana in a bit of a bind offensively guarding the the perimeter would be the the most uh, simple way I could kind of distill what I think the issue is. And I think it was pretty well highlighted and illustrated in the Purdue game. So Something I was concerned about going into that game, <clears throat> Purdue has Jaden Ivey and Sasha Stefanovic at the two and the three. And you look at those two guys and you think, okay, well, we got to match up Parker stewart miller Cop with those two. Who, who's going to take Jay Nivea among those two? That, that's a really tough thing to look at for, for Indiana. And I think especially in the second half of that game, it, it got exposed pretty, pretty severely. And, and you've got guys on the bench like Trey Galloway, like Rob Tennessee, like Tamar Bates, who are better perimeter defenders. So I, I think that's what Indiana is wrestling with right now.
2: Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you know, I know fans are frustrated. You go from a good week, a win at Nebraska, then a really, really good win at home over the Boilermakers, a a storm the court, great night for IU fans, great first-year win for Mike Woodson, to not just a loss at home to Michigan, who's had its struggles this year, but really a blowout loss in many ways to Michigan, who's had... Lots of struggles so far this season, including in the Big Ten Conference. What do you chalk that Michigan game up to? Is that more concerning problems from IU that we've talked about and we've seen earlier in the year that maybe didn't peak their head in the Purdue game or even the the Nebraska game? Or is that just truly a letdown that any team could experience after such a big week and a big win over a rival?
3: Yeah, I I see a lot of variables to it. I think let let down was probably part of it, although that's obviously very difficult to to quantify. Um, It it would be hard to believe that it wasn't part of it. There was just a couple days in between the two games. So um, I I, I suspect that was part of it. Um, Part of it, too, is Michigan's better than I think anybody was giving them credit for. I, I had people telling me before that game that, that Indiana was going to cruise. And I'm like, are, are you sure about that? I mean, look, look at Michigan's roster. Look at the expectations coming in. Look at how they played Maryland uh, the, the game before. That They just seem like a team that has had some things go against them just to start the season. You know, they had a COVID break. They had other things. Um, but Hunter Dickinson had played really well in the game before against Maryland. He's He's obviously the guy that makes everything click for them. And, and, and Indiana just had no answers. And then the the other thing would just be, you know, to that point about the, the, the starters, and it went beyond the starters in this game, but mainly the starters, just defensively. You know, Indiana has not been good all year in ball screen coverage defense. You know, Michigan played almost exclusively that way, forced Indiana to make all kinds of tough decisions. It It, it was really interesting. You know, you, you see how much, better a team can be offensively when they've got uh front court guys who can make perimeter shots, especially Hunter Dickinson, you know, in the the pick and pop situation, you know, it forces you to to think more, it forces you to cover more scenarios. And Indiana was just not good and continuously lost shooters in that game. And, you know, if if there's a fourth reason, you know what? Michigan made shots. And sometimes that's what a game comes down to. They they hit threes at a really high rate. Indiana didn't, so that that's part of it too.
2: All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, our guest. I, I talked a lot about bracketology uh, for what it's worth this time of year, but we're not far away. I mean, we're a month, just over a month away from uh, the month of March, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, looking at wins, obviously, Purdue and Ohio State are the biggest on the IU resume. What else, good or bad, stands out to you about IU's? Net ratings and NCAA resume overall as we get ready for a big stretch, a big month in February.
3: Yeah, I mean clearly that win over Purdue was was huge for for their NCAA tournament uh, chances. Um, I, I think you know Ohio State was was another good one. That they don't have any losses that I'd say like oh man, you know that that's just about as bad as you could get on on their NCAA tournament resume. I mean they they get a chance to to redeem one of their probably worst losses when, when they get another shot at Penn state here tomorrow. Um, You know, I I think that the story is largely still to be written as it relates to their NCAA resume after Penn state, they've got three or four on the road. Um, You know, I think there's some chances to build some really nice wins. I I think they're just kind of, kind of drifting in this, land of uncertainty as it, right now as it relates to the NCAA tournament are are they in or out I mean right now they're they're clearly in but but they're also clearly not like a uh, convincing case uh, other than the Purdue win and, and you know you don't need too many of those kind of games uh, to to really convince convince the committee that that you are a team I thought it was interesting that in the minds of AP voters, Indiana, you know, although they looked really bad against Michigan, they actually got more votes this week uh, because of that. You know, no doubt because they pulled off that Purdue win. So, so that's a sign that you know, I think people have been waiting for, for for a win like that from Indiana so that they could believe in them. And you know, obviously they they didn't close the deal with with Michigan, but I I think I think overall it was a week in the minds of the media and the minds of people that matter on the tournament committee, that this is a team that is good enough to be an NCAA tournament team, but obviously they've they've got to close it out the rest of the season.
2: All right, Mike, I'm curious, after the week, the good week until Michigan for IU, uh, I think there are a couple candidates for you to mention here or maybe for you to pick from, but who is the player most emerging from the IU bench to you that you think uh, is most challenging uh, coach Woodson's uh, thought process here on the starting lineup and maybe is that next player that deserves a breakthrough and an opportunity for the Hoosiers based on what they brought to the table here in recent games
3: yeah I keep coming back to Trey Galloway and I I know he's got shortcomings as a three-point shooter but I just think he does so much for you defensively you know going back to that earlier point about you know Purdue, and it's not exclusive to Purdue, but I really like the comparison. You know, when he came in against Jaden Ivy, he certainly didn't shut Ivy down by, by any stretch, but he he you know he battled much more. He, he stayed in front of Ivy at times more, gave gave you more of a chance, gave the help side a chance to to at least impact what what Ivy was trying to do, and I think that's going to be the case throughout. I mean, most. Big 10 teams, when you talk about their twos and their threes, are, are guys that can get to the rim. And so defensively, he just makes Indiana a much better team, in, in my opinion. And while he's not a great shooter, I think he, he is probably you know, one of, if not the best on the team at, at attacking the, the basket, at, at pushing in transition. Um, so, so he brings a lot to the table. I, I think we've talked about this before. I, I just really like the idea of getting Parker Stewart and Miller cop in separate lineups. I think they're, they're, they're two overlapping Stewart and copper are probably the best two, three point shooters on the team. They're also probably the two worst perimeter defenders. I think it makes a lot of sense to get those two strengths and weaknesses kind of split up into different rotations and also run more for them. I mean, I think, you know, Maybe if, if you had, you, you saw what happened in Michigan in the in the last seven minutes of the game when Indiana did actually start running sets for Stewart, running screens for him specifically. You can get him open. He doesn't need a lot of time to, to get his shot off. And, and he's obviously highly efficient from, from behind the arc. So, you know, maybe maybe if you had them in separate lineups and you were focusing specifically on them, you see Purdue do that a lot with Stefanovic, where they just run screen after screen after screen to try to get him a look, and then if it doesn't work, they go down to the post. So but there, there's a lot you can do there, but that long-winded answer would just be the, you know, Trey Galloway's, to me, the guy that I think has earned it. He's just shown in his six games since he's been back from in his, his injury that he is just a difference maker for this team.
2: All right, going back to the Mike Woodson show last night, uh, one of the more interesting points that got brought up by Don Fisher in addition to changes in the starting lineup uh, was Xavier Johnson, his development as a player uh, here in this first year under Mike Woodson. And I don't know that it's been an outstanding change, but do you agree that maybe Xavier Johnson has settled in a bit and last week was much more solid? Indiana I know the the point guard plays Sunday reared its ugly head again at times but overall is Xavier Johnson starting to figure it out for Mike Woodson and IU
3: yeah and another great question by Don because I've kind of had that since the last couple of games but it you know it's not always easy to to put your finger on it but it it was good to to hear the question and hear Mike Woodson agree with the the sentiment because I, I I like I said I had the same thought Johnson has not been getting in foul trouble as much. He's not been turning the ball over as much, but he has been effective at getting to the rim. I think he's been a little bit more efficient as a scorer. So so overall, while while he's never gonna be a player that that, you know, doesn't have some of those issues, which kind of correlate directly to being so high energy, being so on the attack all the time. You never want to take that completely away. I think he's found a way to channel it a little bit more in a positive way and we may have talked about this before I thought that that was going to be you know after watching a few games earlier in the season I thought that was going to be Woodson's greatest challenge on this team was finding a way to channel Johnson's energy into something that was positive for the team and I do think you're starting to see that
2: talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier a chat on IU basketball. We're going to preview the Penn State game coming up in the next segment with Mike Pegram and look into some recruiting topics as well. But, Mike, I want to ask you, Big Ten conference-wise, Indiana, we know where they're at in the standings. We know what opportunities are ahead. But what surprises have you seen from the conference so far? Is it a certain player, a couple teams? What what has surprised you about Big Ten play so far?
3: Well, Well, certainly two of the teams at the top or near the top, Michigan State and Wisconsin, I, I didn't see a, as being capable of, of being, you know, at the top. And I know we're still early in the process, relatively speaking, but but they both surprised me. They, they seem like teams that lost too much, but, you know, you're talking about two of the best coaches in the league. So, you know, shame on me for doubting Izzo and, and Greg Gard. I, I think they both you know, proven to, to be able to rely on kind of their their system, their, their culture, their philosophy. And they, they've really, uh, especially Wisconsin, I I know they, they dropped a game there to, to Michigan state, but Wisconsin, man, that they lost a lot year over year. Um, I think a lot of people were putting them in the bottom half of the league. So, so they are definitely a surprise Um, player wise, you know, Johnny Davis on Wisconsin, he, you know, the reason why things can be so hard to predict is because you don't know who his players are, are going to make big leaps. I think he averaged seven a game last year and he, and he's, you know, one of the top guys in the country this year in scoring similar story playing out at Iowa with Keegan Murray And so those two guys from a player perspective um, have really made the difference, really allowed their teams to, to, in my opinion, overachieve what what most thought that they were going to do.
2: Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, uh, I want to go to the text line. I know we've discussed this. I didn't see the text when it was uh, there. But Texter writes, we need some big muscle inside. Why can we not start Thompson, Durr, and Davis inside? Durr proved he can play against big guys and we won't be giving up uh, so much size under the basket. Thoughts on that bigger lineup? Is that even possible?
3: Yeah, I think Woodson's pretty much said, you know, don't expect to see Duran and Jackson Davis on the floor together, uh, let, let alone add Thompson into that mix. I, I think you just give up too much from a spacing perspective. You, you become pretty easy to defend. I mean, I, I would say that particular trio on the floor would be even, you know, more challenging for Indiana to, to run offense than, than what we saw a couple of years ago when it was Jackson Davis, Bronk, and Justin Smith. I mean, you just don't have to guard much of the court with those three on. Although I'll, I'll give Durr credit, he, he's, he's shown more of a perimeter shot than, than I realized that he had. But I, I think maybe the reason why you're not going to see too much of, of Durr and Jackson Davis and Thompson, uh, especially Durr is, you know, he, he's not rebounding the basketball at a high rate. I don't think he's had any rebounds in the last two games and, and he's not real quick on the help side. Whereas, you know, you, everybody's seen how effective Jackson Davis can be as a shot blocker. So, so I think there's shortcomings there that, that Indiana going to have to wrestle with. And I just think too much, too much size can be a problem on, on both ends of the floor. Um, so I, I don't expect to see Indiana go that route, but you never know.
2: <laughs> Durr is listed Durr is listed as a uh, senior eligibility wise he's a junior. Do we have any uh, feel at all from him as to would he come back to IU for another year and would his return be key would be I I would assume always having size can be a helpful thing uh but is that something that uh, we have any read on what his uh, outlook could be for next year as far as a return?
3: I I don't. I mean I I always thought what even when they signed him that it was more of a second year type of thing. I mean, he was clearly never going to get a ton of minutes with Jackson Davis in front of him. So I was always looking to to next year as, as the year that he could potentially have an impact without having the benefit at the time of knowing how he would actually play in the big 10. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, college basketball is so strange right now. You know, it feels like very much a, a year-to-year thing, both from the player perspective and the coaching staff perspective. You look at Indiana, they, they're oversigned by three guys right now. So things are going to have to change. I, I You know, every player is going to make a decision. The coaching staff is going to influence those decisions. Um, but, but Indiana's clearly got a void in the paint if Jackson Davis leaves, and you're talking about Duncan and Durr, two, two guys that didn't play much, if at all, this year, are, are those going to be the two guys that you look to as your, your, your two bigs in the paint next year? That That's a tough one for me to see right now.
2: Yeah, Mike, you bring up a great point. With COVID, with the transfer portal, and with recruiting changing and NIL coming into college sports, I, I don't even know how college coaches – manage their roster and obviously as they coach through the season and, and work out in the offseason they clearly know their needs and their wants but there are so many new things to manage if you're a coach I almost wonders are going to be a new position uh to, to uh, for roster management on college basketball stats at the d1 level it's crazy it, it has all changed so much so quickly thanks in part to some changes by the ncaa but also covid uh, has had a major effect on some of this stuff.
3: Yeah, I feel like I get the question almost daily about Indiana being oversigned, and it's because of that dynamic that you're describing. I mean, you almost have to be, because you just don't know who who's going to decide to leave, who you're going to kind of want to decide to leave. You almost have to have that flexibility built in there to, to allow yourself to ultimately get down to the, the 13 that you want on the team. It, you know it Indiana and every other program has a robust staff, not just assistants, but, you know, all kinds of people that do all kinds of stuff, including recruiting coordinators and, and other stuff. So they, they probably got the manpower to, to deal with it, but it is it, it is a wild time that, you know, looks nothing like college basketball. Even five years ago, I mean, it, there's just no way to know who's going to be on this team
2: next year. Yeah, hard, hard to say. And, of course, the key there for sure is Trace Jackson Davis and I can tell you the moment that this uh, IU basketball season comes to an end whether it uh, comes with disappointment or excitement that is going to be the major major topic of the early offseason what happens with TJD uh, moving forward Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier kind enough to join us on Tuesdays as we talk all things IU basketball Mike as always thanks for being with us today. Matt, always a pleasure. Talk to you later. Absolutely. Mike Schumann with us Tuesday. he has been a great addition to the program, especially during the football and basketball seasons. And you can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com and at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. All right, uh, we'll head to a commercial break here in just a moment. Uh, A reminder, IU and Penn State coming up Wednesday night here on the Big X. Don Fisher, the legendary Don Fisher, as we have to call him, He has the call, that ball game. And, you know, kudos to Don Fisher. We give him a lot of compliments on this program, but uh, he does ask the tough questions to Mike Woodson Monday nights during the coaches' show. He had some really good ones last night about the lineup and about Xavier Johnson and so many things that you want to know, but I think a lot of people are scared to ask, and Don does it in a one-on-one format. We'll head to a break. We're back with Mike Pegram of Peagues.com. We'll take a look at the Penn State game coming up Wednesday night and we'll talk some recruiting as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective.
2: Let's win for coach. you got us here.
0: Here's Matt Dennison.
2: And we're back. Final segment of this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line still open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414. 414-1450. Mike Pegram of Peagues.com with us in this segment. We're going to talk about the upcoming Penn State game and possibly touch on some recruiting topics a little bit later in the segment. And Mike, welcome in. I've mentioned a couple times this week that I feel it's not the sexiest of Big Ten opponents this week for the Hoosiers, but a home game against Penn State. I use got to get some revenge and then a winnable road game at maryland who has had its fair share of struggles this year and i haven't noted this but reading a story at at the peaks.com website uh, both of these games are placed just in front of the built-in bye week seven days off for the hoosiers uh, if they can uh, get some victories here this week that would be a nice chance to work on things for the month of february with uh, some maybe some rest in there as well
1: yeah they they definitely need to win tomorrow night it's it's a must win given the loss at uh on Sunday at home and uh they really I think needed to win at least two of these next three I think with the the home game with Illinois to follow uh, Maryland uh, and uh that that's you know you'd ask me how many road game you know how many road games they really needed to win last week and well they lost at home so maybe it's three
2: Yeah, that's a good point. A loss at home may mean another road win needed for this team. Let's talk about Penn State. Obviously, things did not go well for IU the last time that those uh, teams met in early January, really to start the 2022 portion of the schedule. I I think, from what I recall, overall, one of IU's worst performances of the season when these two teams met in matchup number one.
1: Yeah, they just uh, were out hustled. They were out boarded badly, which is not normally the case with that good front line that IU has, and uh, they just didn't play smart. Um, so, it, you know that that you know that should give them some motivation. You would think tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, and I, I've got to believe Mike Woodson last night asked about showing film from this first Penn State game in advance of uh, Wednesday's game. I've got to believe that with what this Indiana team has accomplished, the win over Purdue, a win on the road at, I know it's a a lowly Nebraska in the conference, but a road win is a road win. And just looking at where Penn State is at in the matchups, Indiana's got to feel like this is a game that they should not only win at home, but win with a little bit of conviction and maybe help build some momentum for that Maryland game on the road.
1: Yeah, especially play well defensively because that's been their calling card and they, they just were awful on Sunday.
2: Mike joining us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike, uh, I want to get into some recruiting stuff with you now that we've chatted about the Penn State game. Um, From an in-state perspective, Xavier Booker was a big name that we've asked you about a number of times. He came to Southern Indiana. His Cathedral team absolutely had their way with New Albany a few weeks ago. But paying attention to Cathedral results and box scores – Booker doesn't always have big games for Cathedral. He hasn't had, I noticed, last week in the city tournament. In fact, the championship game was last night. Cathedral won over Tech. He didn't have a big output. Something going on, or is he is Cathedral so talented he he isn't needed as much? What what's the key there? Because everybody Uh, that's that's
1: kind of been been his his uh, situation in the year or so that I've been following him closely. He he moves the ball, moves on the court really well. He's got nice skills, but he kind of floats, which can be and, and doesn't quite have the intensity that he really needs. But you just can't teach 6'10", and athletic, and skill, and has the skills. But you uh, need to wait. You have to be patient, like you do with some of these guys that are close to 7 foot. Now, um, it is concerning. We kind of thought he would have some bigger games this year being being a junior. Um, I think he played last night and, and maybe had uh, just maybe one basket, didn't even play in the second half. But, you know, I've talked to high major coaches about and sat and watched his games and said, you just can't teach the things he can do. So we'll coach him up once, once we get there.
2: Everybody I know, from you to Kyle Ned and many others in our state, uh, going back to the summer at least, they have praised him as a uh, really intriguing prospect to watch that IU and other schools should be after and now are after. So uh, kind of interesting to see how his junior year has went. Cathedral's loaded. I think they've got a great chance to make a run at a state championship, but he simply has had some good games, and he's had some games like last night where I think you're right. He had maybe one field goal in the game. Crazy.
1: Yeah, I think if if Indiana or, or some other high major, Lansing, they want to have maybe another big guy you know, as kind of an insurance um in case things don't work out. But he has the talent. Uh, he just has to apply it apply it on the court.
2: Mike, since we've got a couple extra minutes, uh, IU women uh, have now had their last three games postponed because of COVID, two because of some IU situations last week. And then I saw a story this morning that Illinois IU's uh, upcoming opponent, they're having some COVID-19 issues as well. Three games is a lot to make up in a conference schedule uh, the women are undefeated, I believe, right now in conference play. Is there a chance that, that all three of those get made up, or will there be maybe not all of them played back?
1: Well, you know, I can't answer that because I don't know how many more cancellations there will be. But uh, um, it's, um, it's a lot to make up. You may have some games here where you play back-to-back days. I don't know, but it's, it's a lot to ask. It's not just an Indiana women's basketball issue. It's across the whole country. Uh, Men's have been lucky and avoided that altogether, but uh, um, you know I don't know what's going to happen. But they may have to uh, just go by win percentages at at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, definitely some interesting situations there with the women. And Mike, a final question for you on IU football: uh, Tom Allen uh, on Sunday introducing some new staff members. Uh, he's going to take more control. Uh, over the defense and going to call a lot of the decisions there. Did that surprise you after the, the, the bad season IU had, or did you expect him maybe to pull back some of the reins and take more control? <clears throat>
1: it surprised me at first, um, uh, and uh, but the more I thought about it, it made some more sense, especially since he's not bringing in a guy that knows how he wants to play. Like When Kane Womack came in, they had both coached together at Ole Miss for Kane's father, who was a defensive coordinator. So they were on the same page about how they wanted to play. Now, uh, Chad will is, you know, that he knows him, but he's not uh, familiar exactly with what Tom likes. So um, we'll see. I, I think it would be best, honestly, if it's a one-year situation like that. But uh, he didn't make that uh, clear that that was the case uh, this week.
2: Yeah, All right, Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. He's with us Tuesdays to share his expertise on IU basketball, football, and more. Mike, as always, thanks for the chat this week. All right. Talk to you next week. Take care. All right, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Just a reminder, if you missed the live show, you can always catch us as a recap or as a podcast. Excuse me, we're available on Apple Podcasts and so many other places where you may listen to podcasts all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. Also, we're trying to connect with others that might be interested in a podcast about IU basketball and sports here in Southern Indiana and a rating and review helps us make those connections. So uh, thank you in advance for helping us as we uh, try to reach as many people out there as possible. We'll be back with you Wednesday on the program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times will join us for a game day chat on the IU Penn State contest coming up Wednesday night. Also, Josh Cook will check in tomorrow. He's the sports editor of the News and Tribune for the latest in local sports here in Clark and Floyd County. Girls basketball tournament pairings are set. Lots of big boys games have been played, with more still ahead this weekend. We'll break all of that down tomorrow with Josh when he's with us as well. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.